When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome to Believe in Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland. I'm Will Vandervoort, year number four, LeVon, and we are doing it different. How about that, man? This is kind of different for me and you, ain't it? I tell you what, man, this is kind of cool, though. Uh, people get to see my my beard combination <laughs> that I grew out. I think it's great. It's wonderful. We're moving on up. That's for sure. We're moving on. This is year four, as I mentioned for me, LeVon, or season four, I should say, our third year doing it, season four, um, as we begin here uh, talking about the Tigers and the season that will be, and we hope it will become. Um, and uh, so we do this for those people that have never listened to us. Um, obviously, you can find us on you know, uh, Spotify and Apple and all those places you get your regular podcast, audio podcast. Um, so we've been doing that for the last three years. And if you want to go back and listen to those old episodes, you can. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, but now we're doing something new. We're on YouTube with the Clemson Insider. And I want to first thank Robert McRae, the publisher of the Clemson Insider. Uh, my boss, as, as he's allowed us to use his platform, um, the Clemson Insider platform, to do our show. And I know, LaVon, you're greatly appreciative as well. Uh, because, because yes. that's yeah, it's pretty cool, man. No question about it. I mean... For him to allow us to be on his channel is big time. Thank you very much. It it really helps us not to do as much work. And to really <laughs> we're like we're not we're like Netflix. Yeah. So we appreciate you for letting us be like Netflix, getting off your channel. But uh we're so happy to be doing this show talking about what we love, talking about Clemson football and college football and some of the other stuff we talk in between as well. So yeah. we and Will are a great combination. I think you're going to have a lot of fun listening to us. And I can't wait for this season to start. Yeah, yes, for people to know, me and LaVon, we, we will kind of get off topic a little bit. We, we try bit. not to. Um, as you know, LaVon Kirkland, not, not only did he play for the Clemson Tigers, his name's in the ring of honor, but he also is one of the legends of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He uh, is who I say, and I totally, I think a lot of Steeler fans agree with me. Nobody wore the number 99 better than LeVon. And um, so, uh, you know, we're going to, every once in a while, we'll go down that Steelers road. So if we do, we apologize in advance. It's in our blood. We're going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. You see my hat is on today. Um, not that we're going to do that today because we're not, but sometimes right. that happens. So, um, we appreciate you guys. If you're seeing us for the first time on YouTube, if you could please um, like us and give us a you know a, a thumbs up there that you like us and download as well um, and subscribe to uh, to our channel there. Uh, 
on the Clemson Insider uh, YouTube page. We greatly appreciate that. Um, we got Scott Millsap from uh, Facebook already leaving a comment saying this is awesome. You guys are here on Facebook. Scott, we're glad to be here on Facebook, and we appreciate you, you watching right now. Man, we're going to be here every week. So every uh, Tuesday, you're going to see me and LaVon come on here and talk football for about an hour or so. We might go a little bit longer because we sometimes get a little winded. So, yeah, yeah if you ever listened to me, you understood that, yeah, that I'm that way. Um, and so um, it happens. I apologize ahead of time. But, uh, you know, we're glad you guys are joining us. You can also see us on Twitter at Clemson Insider as well. Uh, you can also find it on my account at um, at Steeler Will and also at LaVon's account at, at LaVon underscore Kirkland. Uh, so we appreciate those all the different ways you can find us um, on uh, social media platforms. Listen, we got a lot to talk about today. Um, there's a lot of things going on with Clemson football as we get ready for the season opener, which starts LeVon here in a couple weeks, 13 yeah. days to be exact, as the Tigers mm-hmm. go to Wallace Wade Outdoor Stadium to see the uh, to visit the Duke Blue Devils in what I think is going to be a pretty good game. And we're going to talk about this a lot next week, obviously. But LeVon, just a little kind of preview I really like this Duke football team, and I don't think this is going to be the kind of game, if you're a Clemson fan out there and you're thinking this is typical Duke and you just go ahead and check W, and you might be mistaken, right? Oh, I think so. I, I think this Duke team is uh, much improved. If you watched them last year, they did a great job, man. They, they really compete. And I don't think this is going to be an easy win down there at Wade's Wallace Stadium. I remember going there myself. In 1989, and getting upset by the the Duke Blue Devils. So no, I, I don't think this is going to be an easy win. And I think if you're the Clemson Tigers, you got to take this game real seriously. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a look. Duke's got a real good football team. They bring about 15, 15 or 16 starters. They got a quarterback who is probably one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC. Right. Uh, they're a very physical football team. Um, so. There's a lot to go on. There's a lot going on there. They're going to be a big challenge. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that next week. This week, we got a couple other things on mind. We're going to talk about ESPN picked FSU to beat Clemson in the ACC championship game. So according to the ESPN people, that uh, Clemson is uh, not going to make the college football playoff. Clemson's not even going to win the ACC. And we're going to kind of get into that, give you mine and LeVon's opinion on that. Then we're going to ask kind of like how good do you think this Clemson team is? And uh, so we'll, you know, we'll kind of break down a little bit of things, kind of give you a little preseason look at the Tigers, if you will, and what's been going on in practice. Um, and then also I'm going to ask LeVon, you know, is it uh, dangerous for this Clemson team to be proclaiming themselves with the goal of winning the national championship? LeVon just mentioned earlier how they, in 1989, that was a team that was in that position and uh, got upset by the Duke Blue Devils in that fourth, that fifth game of the season that derailed that championship. We're kind of going to go into that and why that is dangerous to go ahead and, and put that out there as a player or team maybe. And then um, after that, we'll talk about realignment a little bit. Is is realignment finished for now? And where does Clemson stand in all this? And where does the ACC stand in all this? And so we'll break all that down. And so if you're watching, um, you can leave a comment to us. Uh, those on Facebook, you know, we appreciate you. We're trying to uh, – we can see you as there as well. We got others that are seeing us. Um, we got uh, Alex Dodd listening to us out there. Alex. So we appreciate you, Alex. Um, you know, uh, got uh, Jeremiah Woods. We appreciate you as well. Scott Millsap, as we mentioned, and Mark. 
I guess, Mark, I hate to, if I say your name wrong, Kingry. It looks like that's how it says. Uh, so we appreciate you guys listening. Jacob Geddes also just now said he's watching. So we appreciate you guys over in Sumter, South Carolina, watching us as well. And um, But, LaVon, let's go ahead and kind of get things rolling here. And first of all, before we do that, I want to – we just thought uh, thank Robert McRae and the Clemson Insider, one of our sponsors. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be with us all year long and allowing us to do the show and here. But then also our other – sponsor who's a big Steelers fan and was our sponsor last year. Yeah. And those are the good people at Tippett Back Sports in Greenville. Uh, we appreciate them as they're also going to be uh, sponsoring us for a second year in a row. And uh, LaVon, I, I, I'm real thankful that Tim Cinco and his crew are, are going to be back with us for another year. And we're going to try to get with them and, and do a um, and do a Steelers day up there for them um, here in a, in a few weeks, maybe when the, when the NFL season gets going. Uh, that'll be awesome. Uh, we were going to do it this year, but things happen. Uh, but, you know, the one thing is, and we took, we said we were going to talk a lot about the Steelers fan, the Steelers, but the Steelers really travel. I mean, if you go anywhere in the country, there is a bar dedicated to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And South Carolina is no different. Actually, there's several bars that are dedicated to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so we really appreciate that. We're glad you're fans of the Pittsburgh Steelers. It works out really well for me and Will. So <laughs> It does. Uh, when I travel, it does. Fun. We encourage you to come out, have some fun with us. I know I may look intimidating, but I'm really not that intimidating. I, I'm actually a guy you can come up and talk to. I know Will doesn't look intimidating. But trust me, Will is kind of intimidating. Uh, Watch out for Will. Yeah. For me, but for Will, you got to watch out for him. Let's see. Who's going to be more intimidating, the sports writer or the guy (laughs) who played middle linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers? I don't know. I think number 99 rumbling at me would be a little more intimidating. But but in all. It's the 99 number. The 99 number looks more intimidating (laughs) than the actual person is. But in all honesty, LeVon, you're the most approachable guy there is. I mean, dude, you've always been that way from the right. first time me and you met back in the day when I was a young scribe and you were a football player. Uh, you've always been just like a, a down regular dude, man. And so I've always appreciated that about you. So, guys, yeah, yeah. he's definitely approachable. I have a, you know, I have a good story about that. What's that? I was dating a young lady in Pittsburgh. We we're pretty serious. Mm-hmm. And, Although she lived in, she was from Pittsburgh, she didn't, she wasn't really a football fan. So I took her to her, her first game live. So after we after the game was over with, we get in the car, I'm about to get something to eat. And she says, hey, LeVon, can you tell me something? I'm like, sure. She's like, who's that number 99? And I'm looking at her like, what? She's like, who's that number 99? I'm saying, I, I said, it was, it's me. What are you talking about? She said, they can't be you. She said, that's not the sweet guy that I date. That number 99 was vicious and mean. They could not possibly be you. And I was like, well, honey, you know, when we're out there, I got to be a certain way. When I'm here with you, it's different. But she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe how aggressive you are, how mean you were. I'm like, well, it's in me. It's just another side of me, so. Yeah. So to tell the folks out there, yeah, I I have a side of me, but for the most part, you guys are going to get the sweet LeVon Kirkland. 
And when we do that uh, that live podcast from Tip It Back Sports, we'll let you guys know when and what day that's going to be. Um, but, you know, right now, but that is – not only is it a Steelers bar, and it's a great Steelers bar, but you can also watch other NFL games there. They want you to come and watch them all. You know, uh, Sunday Ticket has a new home, so if you're not getting Sunday Ticket, they will have it, and they will have the game broadcast live for you each and every Sunday there. They're also going to do all the college football games, so Clemson – South Carolina, Furman, Wofford, whoever in the state you want to watch. If you want to watch SEC, ACC, it doesn't matter. They're, they have all the college football games on Saturday as well. And obviously, of course, the Clemson Tigers are a big part of that. And uh, we appreciate uh, Tim and the folks over there at Tippetback Sports Grill. You can find them at 215 Pelham Road in Greenville. If you haven't gone over there, you need to. They got a bunch of stuff like at live bands. They got trivia night on Mondays. They got a bunch of stuff they do during the course of the week. Um, so go check them out over there at Tippett Back Sports Grill, 215 Pelham Road in Greenville, South Carolina. We do appreciate them. And, uh, LeVon, we've got a couple people, man. They're, like, uh, got some smack talk going over here. Uh-oh. Um Yeah, we got Jacob Geddes. He's a Dallas Cowboys fan. Says, forget mm. them Steelers. Care nothing about the Steelers, LeVon. It's all about them Cowboys, sir. what you say about oh, that? Yeah, I, I'm sure you guys are going to win the Super Bowl this year, right? <laughs> Just like you do every year. You guys are going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, but Jacob, we appreciate you, man, because we know if you're watching, you're you're a Clemson Tiger, and that's all that matters, right? Yeah. So, um, and uh, so we appreciate you watching as well as the others. Josh Godfrey, we, we appreciate you. Says he bleeds orange in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. Go Tigers! Uh, we got Lamar Silver Fox himself. Um, he says Levon Kirkland from Lamar. So, uh, Mr. Brown said that. So, thank you, Mr. Brown. We appreciate thank you, Mr. Brown. Um, Levon, let's go ahead and kind of get going with the show. Um, okay. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of going on right now, and so the season's about to start. Everybody's got their predictions out there. Uh, the AP polls out. Um, you know, the uh, coaches polls out. Clemson, by the way, ranked number nine in both those polls. Florida State's ranked number eight, mm-hmm. which is weird. It's weird that the co- in the media, not so much the coaches poll because the coaches poll is a little different. The media poll, though, picked Clemson number nine, Florida State eight. Yet the same, most of the same media picked Clemson to win the ACC. So kind of don't understand that. Um, right. I know some of it's different. There's a couple people maybe from California that voted and stuff. But I thought that's a little weird considering most of that same media picked Clemson to win the ACC. And yet now they got Florida State ranked ahead of them to start the year. And then that kind of brings us to our first subject. ESPN picks FSU to beat Clemson in the ACC championship game. And here's what's weird about it, LeVon. This is where I'm going to go with what's weird about it. So follow me. Mm-hmm. They say Marsh Labaugh did the article. Great writer, by the way. He's written some great books on Bobby Bowden and George Bulldogs. You, you know, so nothing against Mark. He's a super writer. But he writes that he thinks Clemson's going to beat FSU in the regular season at Death Valley. And then Florida State's going to go on and cruise the rest of the season and meet Clemson in the AC championship game. And then they're going to beat Clemson in the ACC championship game to win the ACC. Now, here's the problem I have with that. Florida State beat Clemson in the ACC championship game if they're playing Clemson in the ACC title game. And the reason I say that is because that's a game Dabo Sweeney doesn't lose. That's a game Clemson doesn't lose. They're 7-0 in Charlotte in ACC championship games. You know who's never played in ACC championship game? Mike, Mike Florida State. Florida State. Well, Florida yeah. State's played in them, but not Mike Norvell. Florida State Seminoles. Right. Yeah. Either they're two. Mike Norvell is two and thirteen all time against AP top twenty-five teams. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Clemson has owned this conference. They've played this. These players have played in an ACC championship game. They've won ACC championships. So you're telling me a team that's never been that had to scratch and claw its way to get to the finish line is going to go in and beat a team who's been there, done that, and knows how to handle the situation? I have a problem with that. I just if that's how you're saying Florida State's going to win the ACC, I don't see that. Now, if you say if Florida State's going to beat Clemson in the ACC championship, I mean in the regular season, then Clemson's not going to get there, and Florida State's going to beat somebody else. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one. But if Clemson's sitting there in Charlotte on a neutral field, I'm sorry, Florida, ask Notre Dame how that works. Yeah, I, I think that everybody is kind of jumping on the bandwagon of Florida State during this preseason. They looked at what they did as far as the portal is concerned, recruiting is concerned, and they also looked at what Clemson last was like. So you look at that Tennessee game, and you're thinking – Oh, man, Clemson has a lot of work to do. And they probably do have some work to do. They're missing some pieces. But Clemson is still, I would say, still one of the elite teams in the ACC. They've been that way for forever, it seems like. They have the organization. They have the culture. They have the players. Now they have a superstar as far as the offensive coordinator is concerned that's going to come in. And he's, and he's going to help that offense become better. The defense should be a little bit better, although you are missing some guys like Murphy, uh, which is big-time important. But I think the defense is going to be just fine. So I, I think really it's a lot more of that preseason talk. It, it sounds good. It gets everybody kind of riled up. But I think you're right, Will. Florida State hasn't really shown me a whole lot. They they, they they made some runs. They got a little better, but I'm curious to see what they're going to do this year. The pressure is on them a little bit to be a better team, and to win the ACC, ACC title is a big, tremendous jump for them. So, the you know, the season's going to tell it all. But I think that's what it is. You saw Clemson, you know, you're so used to them being so dominant going to the playoffs. In the last two years, they haven't gone to the playoffs. They've had some quarterback issues. Uh, where before that, you had Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence, never a quarterback issue. So, Kravnik is playing his first game, and we'll see how, you know, his first year being a full-time Starter, we'll see how that goes. Well, but I think this is it, it's, it's probably the hype with Florida State, and everything looks sunny. And you look at Clemson, you're like, Ugh, it's gloom and doom. You know, they haven't been to the playoffs for the last two years. <laughs> They've only won 11 and three last year, you know, it's wow. only 11 and three, right? Yeah, yeah, so. I, I think people are a little critical right now. No, not only the national media, but also the Clemson fans because we're so used to success, mm-hmm. and we're so used to our Clemson Tigers winning. And now they lost. Oh my God, they lost two games in the regular season. Oh my, we're going down in flames. <laughs> I will say, calm down. We're going to be okay. Well. Florida State, to, get, to give you an example, look, look, here's why my concern is with Florida State 
getting back to the AC Championship game. First of all, I think Florida State's going to be a very good football team. I think their floor is only nine nine wins. Okay, so nine and three is worst case scenario for me for Florida State. Best case, obviously, I think it's eleven and one and a chance to win the ACC title. But here's the thing I have with Florida State, and I think we've talked about this before. Me and you've talked about this off the rec- off the phone and stuff. Um, they open the season like you said against LSU. Okay, mm. that is a tough game. Okay, that's a Very game tough. where. You know, I would say right now, I would say LSU's probably going to win it. I know it's down in Orlando, and it'll be a neutral site game technically, but LSU's a really good football team that played really, really well at the end of the last year as well. And they played in some tough games, not what Florida State did. I know Florida State fans are like, well, hold on a second. We won the last six games of the season. Will, what are you talking about? Yes, you did. But you also played the the team the, the best the team with the best record of those six teams was Syracuse who finished the year seven and six okay so you didn't play anybody of substance like LSU did to finish the year that's why I like LSU I'm on that bandwagon I think what Brian Kelly's got down there is going to be big and I think they got a chance to be really good and they're going to contend for that SEC championship I think Florida State if you lose that game and then you lose to Clemson in Week Four on September 23rd in Death Valley. Now you're two and two. So here's the first thing. National championship, bye-bye. It's gone. Florida State, you ain't even in the mix now for a national championship. That's already gone. Not in the first month of the season, and you're done. How do your string of players from the transfer portal, which your most of your half of your team is built on, these are guys who've only been with you a couple of years at the most. They haven't gone through the wars. They weren't there when the team was, you know, having those losing records and was struggling, you know, with Willie Taggart and all that, they weren't there for those, you know, you know, I know Jordan Travis was, and you, you got Jordan Travis to lean on. That's great. And he's, he's outstanding quarterback, but how does the rest of the team handle all of a sudden they're knocked out of a chance to even play for a national championship. Now, yeah, they can still win the ACC, but here's the problem, LeVon, with that. On November 4th, they play at Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh is a team I picked to finish second in the ACC. I picked them to play Clemson because Pittsburgh, by the way, you know how good Pittsburgh is. What people don't realize, uh, Pittsburgh can run the football. They got a they got probably the, the best offensive line in the ACC. Yeah, and then they can stop the run, and they have probably the second best defensive line in the ACC. So if you're telling me automatically Florida State who hasn't done anything in the last eight, nine years, is going to go to Pittsburgh, and you're going to give them an automatic W to beat Pittsburgh to advance to the AC Championship game. And, oh, by the way, the next week after playing that physical game with Pittsburgh, they got to play their rival Miami the very next week. So you're telling me they're going to survive both those games and make it to an AC Championship game? I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, Will, I think it's always tough when you got so many new players. When you got majority of your starters or whatever who's from the transfer portal and trying to get that chemistry together, because really in college football you don't have a long time to prepare. Unlike in the NFL, you have OTAs. Guys are throwing together. It's not that it's not that way in college. You got the preseason, and now you jump right into the season. Mm-hmm. That is going to be a little difficult. And you never know who's going to get hurt. If their starting quarterback is going to get hurt, then what? And that's a question for 
a lot of teams. So I think Florida State is a team that is kind of a wait and see what happens. You don't quite know. But the thing that you do know about Clemson is Clemson's going to be well-prepared. They have a great culture. I think they have improved by getting their new offensive coordinator, Riley. I think they're better than probably where they were last year. I think the only question about Clemson is, how will the quarterback play? Will it be improved? Will the wide receivers be uh, better this year? Will they be able to stop the run on a more efficient level? So everybody all over the country, basically, they got questions. And you won't and you won't know until they start playing some real football. And about speaking of questions, we got people uh, that are reaching out on Facebook and other places uh, leaving us questions. We will get to those questions. Some of those we'll definitely answer in the next. Wow, well, this is new for us, man. We got <laughs> yeah, we got questions, Levon. And so uh, please keep bringing those questions. We'll try to get as many as we can and, and answer those questions for you. Some of them I think we'll be able to answer here in the next segment for you guys when we start talking about the Tigers and what we expect this coming season. Um but just one more little thing on this on Florida State Clemson situation here is you, you, everything you said is right. Like we don't know. There's so much happening before the season starts. And and I'm look, I think again, I think Florida State's gonna be a very good football team. You know, when you look at their personnel, their top 22 players are as good, or you can even argue say are better than Clemson's top 22. But what makes a team a championship team is not the top 22. It's mm-hmm. your top 44 or your top 88, if you will. And Clemson has, and what I mean by that is Clemson's depth is better. And then, as you mentioned, the culture. Okay. We know what Clemson's culture is. We saw it the last two years. Clemson was knocked out of an ACC championship race early in 2021 when they lost at Pittsburgh. They could have folded. Instead, mm-hmm. They won their last six games, including a win over the number 10 team in the country where they just beat the snot out of them in Wake Forest. So they played a tough schedule at the end of the year and beat the snot out of them, beat their rival on the road to finish the year strong and get to 10 wins, which is which is big at Clemson. And then last year, when it, you know, it, it when they lost to South Carolina and they were knocked out of the ACC, the national championship hunt at that time, after a devastating loss to your arch rival. That game you should not have lost, as we all have talked about. What did Clemson do, though, the next week? A game that really, if you just run the ball, you win the game. You win the game. Oh, yeah, no doubt. But what they do the next week? They responded, and they Mm -hmm. went and kicked North Carolina's butt to win win another ACC championship when they could have just said, you know what, we're not going to make it to the college football playoff anyway. Why do we care? They could have said that, but they didn't because that Mm -hmm. winning that ACC was important to them. So we know how Clemson responds. We know how Clemson answers to things. That's what we don't know about Florida State. And, yes, they did win their last six-game season last year after they started 4-3. and three. They lost three consecutive games to NC State, to Wake Forest, to Clemson. But, again, I'm t- I'll talk about who they played. They didn't play anybody that, like, just blew you away down the stretch. So I want to know what it's like when they have to play that tough physical game like a Pittsburgh, and your ACC championship is on the line – when you go to Pitts, if you lose to Clemson, that ACC championship's on the line. They go to Pittsburgh there on November 4th. And so that's going to be a great game. It's going to be a physical football game. How does Florida State respond? And that's what I want to see um, from Mike Norvell and the Seminoles. 
Well, I I, <clears throat> I think you have a point, Will, when you say about Mike Novell. What big games have they really won since he's taken over? I mean, like what trailblazing game have they won? I think people sometimes they fall in love with the front of the jersey, the name on front of the jersey. And Florida State, no question, has a a great tradition. And they started off in the ACC, and they were game, bang. I mean, they basically dominated. Mm-hmm. But Clemson called up, and some other teams, quite frankly, called up with Florida State. And they're making a run, but I haven't seen them win that really big game yet. And I'm curious, can they do that? Can they win that big game? I'm not so sure. You know, I don't. I'm not either. I mentioned the stat earlier. Mike Nervell. Now, Florida State in the past has won big games when Bobby Bowden was the head coach and when uh, Jimbo Fisher was the head coach. But under Mike Norvell, they haven't. They went 0 and three last year, the three biggest games of the year last year, and they went 0 and three in those games. They lost to a ranked NC State team, they lost to a ranked Clemson team, and they lost to a ranked Wake Forest team. And by the way. They had Wake Forest in in Tallahassee a week after Wake Forest just lost to Clemson in a heartbreaking overtime loss. Mm-hmm. And ha- so they had Wake Forest right where they wanted them. And LeVon, Wake Forest went in there and kicked butt. <laughs> they went in there and kicked Florida State's butt, a Florida State team that's supposed to have a better roster than Wake Forest, supposed to be a better team than Wake Forest. Wake Forest well, went and kicked their butt. Why did they do that, LeVon? I think it's because of the head coach of Wake Forest. That's why. Well, I, I think – I think Florida State, until they prove me wrong, they're kind of a team that kind of, you know, if they're behind or anything like that, they go right down to the gutter. If they're winning and they're doing well, they'll play well. Mm-hmm. But it takes a little bit more than that when you're talking about being a championship team. A championship team is is a team that's able to go on the road after maybe they didn't perform the week before and win that game in a convincing fashion. Or they lose a certain guys and other guys step up. And in the last few years, you've seen that with Clemson, even though for Clemson University has been down years the last two years. If for Clemson standards, absolutely. Yeah. And that's well, a great – Don't get me wrong. It's all going to show up on the field. Right. You can talk. We can sit here and talk all we want to. And we do that for entertainment value. But the game is going to be played on the field. So can Florida State actually strap them up and play ball for 60 minutes? I haven't seen that to my satisfaction yet. No, no. And, and, I mean, you go back to the Oklahoma game last year, an average Oklahoma team, I mean, literally was average. average. They were six and six. And Florida State's nine and three in that game. And um Florida, I mean, you can make a strong argument. Oklahoma should have won the game. Right. And 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 they had Florida State beat. And so now credit Florida State for finding a way to win the game and doing what they need to do to win. And you give them all the credit in the world for that. But that's a great example, Levon, of what you're talking about. Like, you know. What do we know about this team and how do they have that killer instinct, a championship instinct that uh, you need to have? And is their head coach one of those guys that can help them down that road? I don't know. We're going to find out. That's the beautiful thing. And they play LSU on September 3rd um, on a Sunday night. It's going to be the only game going on. And we're going to find out a lot about the Seminoles 
right off the bat on how good they can be. We, hey, look, me and LeVon may change our tone come September 9th when we're on this show <laughs> after we, that LSU game. Might. I mean, we'll watch that game pretty closely, and we'll see what happens. But uh, I don't know. LSU is going to be a really good team this year. They're going to be a tough team. I don't know if Florida State is going to be able to win that game. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, let's change change gears, and, and, and it kind of goes into a lot of people asking questions, and this is kind of where we can answer some of those questions. How good can this Clemson team be? And so, first of all, we'll go ahead and just go straight to the questions, LeVon. I think that's always the better way uh, to, to get answers from, from guys. And, and I thank you, uh, the, the one South Carolina fan that came on our podcast, and he just put 31-30 20 times. So we appreciate you doing that. Congratulations. You know, you got your win. Enjoy it. Uh, Clemson will see you, I guess, in November. Right now, though, we're talking Clemson football. And uh, so, LeVon, we had a lot of people ask questions. Tell that fan that this movie ain't over with. This is a sequel. (laughs) Yeah. And you know we usually get that rent money. Yeah, you go to Columbia. Yeah, that's it's rent time. So we want that money. Yeah, so if – he can keep listening here in a few few in a few months, and we'll talk that talk about that story. Yeah, um, exactly. how, how much how much rent Clemson's collected through the years at Williams Bryce Stadium? Um, let's see. So we got a couple people that have asked questions, um, and I'll, I'll apologize, guys, as I'm going back. So I'm having to. Re- this is from Justin Kirkland. Is this uh, any relation, Devon? We probably are in some way. Aren't we all related in, in God's <laughs> Technically, we are. We're all related in, in some way. So, uh, but he wanted to know, LeVon, do you think the offense will improve this year? That's the big question. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I think it will. I think last year uh, we were we, we just not clicking. Especially I, I think late in the year. The offense didn't really go with the trigger man. And we didn't really – we weren't aggressive enough. It was kind of – in a lot of ways, we kind of did the same thing a lot. And good teams are going to pick up on that. I, I don't think our Robbie receivers was quite there. I thought we had a really good running game. We could run the ball pretty much on anybody. And even in t- Tennessee last year, we moved the ball from 20 to 20 pretty well. But we just couldn't get in. Mm-hmm. I think that the significant change that we made – with Riley being our offensive coordinator, that you may not see it right away, but I think as the season goes on, and let's say players are all healthy, nobody gets significantly hurt, I think this offense is going to be a lot better. Yeah, I, I think it will use whatever strength we have to our advantage. And we have a running game plus a quarterback who can also move as well. If we can get that rolling and we can get our receivers to make plays that we're accustomed to seeing, then, yeah, it's going to be a better offense. No question about it. Yeah, I think this year that's going to be a better offense for a couple reasons. Obviously, the first, I think, is Garrett Riley. I think he instantly brings um, a different kind of play calling, a different kind of attitude, if you will, to the offense, something similar to what Chad Morris was back in 2011 when Clemson needed to just change things up offensively. And that worked out well, as we saw. Um, I think when you look at uh, the way I think he's going to use these running backs, you know, we've heard Will Shipley already talk about how he's going to get the ball in so many different ways. And and I think, you know, 
first of all, Will Shipley's going to run the football still, and so is Phil Moffa. They're going to run the ball, and don't think Clemson's just going to throw the ball all over the place because if you go back and look at last year's TCU, it's a team that averaged um, almost 200 yards a game rushing. They had a running back who ran for over 1,400 yards, didn't even play in the national championship game. So basically you had a 100-yard rusher on, per average in there playing. Um, and so um, I think that is a big deal with this offense. And I like the way when what I've seen at practice is the way they spread you out um, and the, the way they're going to use Jake Brittany still the tight end. Guys, I know you've been begging for the tight end to be used, and I think it's coming. I think it's coming. I like the way they're using him. Um, he's going to be spread out in different situations. Levon, I did not one time, and I didn't get to watch all the practices, as you know, but one time did I see Jake Brenningstool have to line up and block anybody. <laughs> he was lining, he was going out for passes and running routes and stuff. So they're going to use a tight end different. Weapon. Yeah, they're going to use a tight end different. They're going to run the ball in a different way where you're going to take advantage of this offensive line. And Levon, I love this year's offensive line, and I've been telling fans this on the message boards over at ClemsonInsider.com. This is why I love this offensive line this year, because it fits Garrett Riley's scheme. Mm-hmm. Their athletic offensive line, they can get and move around. They can, they're going to do a lot of pulling and a lot of things like this that's going to take advantage of the speed they have on the edges and also take advantage of those running backs. And they're going to take that off, athletic offensive line, and they're going to put them in different kind of schemes. And so you're going to, yes, are they going to be able to line up and block, move forward on that third one? Yes, I think they are. But I think because of the way they're going to be able to use this offensive line in this scheme, it's going to really help the running game a lot. And so um, we've heard the uh, the defense talk about it in practice. Like it's it's a headache for them in practice. They 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 said it in the right. spring. It was a headache for them. Now they're saying it in the summer. That's continued. That's good for the defense to have to go up against this offense. And the offense is having this kind of success in practice because we know how good the defense is and how good they're going to be. Right, so it's good to hear that the offensive line and the offense is having success. I'm really excited about these guys, but there's reasons why I think they're. And I know everybody's like, "Oh, Levon, the wide receivers." Oh my gosh, remember this name. I keep hearing it over and over, and not just from the coaches and players. I'm yeah, hearing from other good. people. Tyler Brown. Tyler Brown. Yes, I've been hearing about that name as well, and that this guy is going to come in and be a factor right away. But the one point that I want to make is I think if you look at the offensive coordinators, that's the key. I never really felt that Streeter had a hold on this offense and command of the offense and how to call the offense. I think he was kind of learning from what Tony did and kind of playing off that and being kind of safe. You know in this offense that Rowley has – complete control. He understands how how it works. He understands when he's on when he's going against that defensive coordinator what he wants to run. And a lot of times as a coordinator you can know offense, defense, all you want to, but can you play the game versus the other coordinator and what that other coordinator is doing and trying to do against you. So I think now I feel like we have an offensive coordinator that has more control of the offense. I, I didn't think Streeter really did. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not in that clubhouse, but I, and I don't always know, but I felt like Streeter really never had control of the offense. And I think that Riley does. 
this is his offense. He's bringing it to you. And so now he knows how to play the game with the other defensive coordinator that he's going against. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think yeah, that's going to that's gonna help. And, by the way, you got another question here from Scott Millsap. He says he wants to know, um, do you know if Coach Goodwin's going to consider to work in the booth this season? Uh, Scott, I can tell you I don't know that yet, but i tell you when we're going to find that answer out. Probably on Friday, Clemson's having the Beanie Bowl, and they mm-hmm. will have the um, – that's when they work through all those things, who's going to be in the booth, what the communication's like, all that stuff. So we're going to have an answer probably later this week, maybe first of next week we'll be able to give you that answer. So I don't know right now. I would say just based on last year, he would probably be on the field again. Um, and plus, and then in most cases, the defensive coordinator is on the field. Um, and a, and a, LeVon, I've always known that to be the case. Now, sometimes defense coordinator does go up top, but most of the time the defense coordinator is always on the field, right? Sometimes, yeah. Um, it really all depends on the guy and mm-hmm. really who you have on the field. Now, if you have a guy that you can trust on the field, then it could be a little different, right? So, for example, when I was with Pittsburgh, we had Don Capers and Dick LeBeau. Dick LeBeau was already has been a defensive coordinator beforehand. So Don Capers probably felt like, well, Dick can control it from the field perspective. I can go up and I can see the game a little better. Trust me, I've been in both where I'm on the field as a coach and also in the booth. I think for a defensive coordinator, I think it's better to be in the booth because you can see it. The issue is the communication to the guys on the field. And sometimes maybe you don't trust that, that you got a guy on the field that can bring the guys together, talk to the guys, and relay what you're saying. But I think for a defensive coordinator – you can see you feel better. You can see exactly what's happening to you. And if you can relay that, i say be in the booth. That's just me. But some defensive coordinators, they want to be, they want to be on the field. They want to have that feeling of the game. But I think you can, I think you honestly see the game better being in the booth. I think West would be better in the booth, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, I can see that. And, and I, I'm with you. That's an analytical guy. Mm-hmm. He's got Stefan Anthony on the team this year. I don't know yeah, how Stefan. I think what you need on the field is a guy who can get people in order, who can mm-hmm. get guys to play, who can talk to them in a way that they understand. Sometimes you have to speak the language that guys understand. I, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I don't know if Wes is that guy. I think Wes is a very smart coordinator. Uh, I think he knows football, no question about it. But can you get a guy face and say, "Hey, man, what you doing? Mm-hmm. What what what's going on? Hey, we need hey hey, come here. We need hey, we need for you to step up. Does he have that guy who can get in guys' face that they respect and get them in line on the field? Sometimes you need a guy like that. I don't know if Wes is that presence. I'm be honest with you. I don't know if he has that in him. Mm-hmm. That's why I think he'll be better served in the booth because he can see the game. 
what's going on. He could be a little bit behind the scene. You just need a guy that's on the field that can get guys ready and get them, you know, hyped up and can relay the information that I know Wes knows about the game. Um, we asked about Chad Morris being back on campus. They wonder if he's next in line, if Riley should leave. Um, you know, that's a good question. You know, um, Coach Morris, first of all, his son is playing as a starting quarterback over at uh, TCU this year. And so Chad's going to be Monday through Thursday is going to be with the Clemson Tigers and helping get Clemson ready for uh, the next opponent. So, so basically he's always going to be a week ahead. So when Clemson's playing Duke, he's already looking at uh, the next opponent. And right. so, so understand that. So he's not going to necessarily be working directly each week in that sense of, uh, you know, working for that game's opponent, that week's opponent. So, as an analyst, he's going to be doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes, getting them ready for the next week and getting them so they're up to, to a good start. So right when that, that game's over, they start working immediately on the next game. That's kind of why how that works now. It's a totally different beast on how football is. So with that said, you know, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't know if Chad Morris is going to replace Riley if Riley should go. But you know what? That's a very good problem for Dabo Sweeney to have because if Garrett Riley gets a head coaching job this year, that means Clemson probably made it back to the college football playoff. And so that's a yeah. problem you you welcome and, you, and you'll and you take and go, I know there's another guy out there um, that's um, not doing anything right now. That was former offensive coordinator at Clemson too. Uh, actually saw him and uh, that guy being Jeff Scott. Uh, mm-hmm. Jeff Scott and Chad Morris coming off the field at one of the practices a few weeks back. Um, so they obviously are still very good friends and talk a lot. So you never know what the future lies. Chad Morris – it's kind of like Dabo said, like when Ted Roof was here or when, you know, Terry Bowden was here. He's kind of filling in that role, kind of, you know, understanding, learning some new things so he can maybe get another opportunity to be a head coach down the road. I think that's what this is. It's the same kind of situation. And we'll see what it means for the future. I don't know. But right now, you know, I don't think that's anything Dabo's thinking about or or anybody else. That, though I do say Dabo always has a plan in place before – anything ever happens, he's always kind of knows where he wants to go with things. But right now, LeVon, I just don't think that's something they're thinking about at this moment. No, of course not. You don't want that in the forethought of your mind to think like, okay, when this happens, then we're going to do this. No, you don't think that way. But sometimes, just in case, never know. And like you said, Will, that's not a bad problem to have. Dan Morris has proven himself more than worthy of being a great offensive coordinator and how to get it done, and guys like his system. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not a bad thing. But hopefully, if that's the case, man, we, we, we're we in the playoffs. We're yeah. in the championship. Hey, when people, come, when people come <laughs> and get your coaches, it's a good thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's always a good thing, and that right. means you're doing what you're supposed to on the field for the most part. And I don't see Garrett Riley being here longer than a couple of years, man. He, he's too smart of a coach. You know, he's um, he's going to get an opportunity but now that he's at Clemson. If he can take Clemson to a, the college football playoff after taking TCU to the national championship, and he does that in back-to-back years, there's no doubt in my mind he's a head coach. Oh, yeah, there's year. no question, yes. Yeah. Of course. So, um, and then what Clemson does from that point, you know, I don't know, Kyle Richardson, another person commented on that. That's a guy that, that could move up and become the new coordinator. Maybe so. I know he's been with Dabo now for, for a good number of years, and, and Kyle's a really smart guy, and 
Hey, look, oh, I wouldn't mind that. Say what? That's right. Man, he was a heck of a head coach. Heck of a head coach. You go look at his record man. at Rock Hill, man. They were rolling. They What's were. The they had some season, darn good right? football teams. And he's a smart offensive mind. He, yeah. he, he's really mm-hmm. is. So and that's I've, what, actually, I've actually been in his office when I was recruiting for FAMU. And we talked football. Uh, he knows what he's talked about. He does. Absolutely, he does. But I'm going to ask you this. Okay, you, yes. you, you brought this up at the beginning of the show. In 1989, you guys mm-hmm. went to Tallahassee. You beat the snot out of Florida State down in Tallahassee. You guys were riding high. You were number seven in the country, undefeated. You go to Wallace Wade Outdoor Stadium, and you get humbled by the Duke Blue Devils as they upset you guys. After you guys had a 14 nothing lead by in that game, mm-hmm. you get humbled. You end up losing that game, uh, I think, 17-14. And um, – all of a sudden, your national championship hopes just went out the window. Right. And I remember you telling me this um, when we were just talking one day, that it, it took you guys about five to six weeks to totally get over that. Mm-hmm. And it ended up costing you a game against North Carolina State that you shouldn't have lost to. Not North Carolina State. Um, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech mm-hmm. That you shouldn't have lost either. Right. And you said it really did upset the team. And you wondered maybe if you let – trying to win a national championship way too much on your mind. So I ask that, or I bring that up because we've heard so far in the preseason, the Clemson players have come out unlike ever before. And I've been covering this team since 2004. And so during the whole national championship runs, I could tell you on my hand, how many guys actually said they were going to win a national championship or the goal was to win a national championship. And it ain't more than five. I can tell you. Okay. Mm -hmm. But this year, it's like this many. I'm gonna hold both my hands up. I'm, you know, yeah. You know, it, it seems like every player we talk to brings up the goals to win a national championship. We want to win a national championship. Dabo Sweeney was on a video that came out last night, all of the social media, where he told the 2019 recruiting class, "You're the only class since 2013 that hasn't won a national championship. You're it. So, if you, what are you gonna do about it?" And so, all the players have. LeVon, are they putting too much pressure on themselves? That's kind of what I'm asking. And if they absolutely. were to lose a game, say they lose that Florida State game, yeah, can they recover from it? I think that when you start talking about national championships, a lot of times teams that actually go to the national championship, they weren't even really considered to be in that race. If you look at – if you look at, I'd say TCU last year, they probably weren't really expected to go to the national championship. You know they did? They just kind of took one game at a time. Played a game. What's whatever was in front of them took care of that and not look so much forward. Because I think you can put a little bit too much pressure on you. I think you can be a little stressed. And so what happens when you're playing against a team and it's close? You start thinking about, oh, we're gonna, you know, like, oh, we're gonna blow our chances. We're we're you know, we're not playing in the national championship. I just don't think you – I think you could probably have that as a goal, but it's a, it's a long-term goal for you. You got to take, you got to take care of the teams you're playing. And as the national championship gets closer, then you can probably think about it a little bit more. But I am of the approach that you take care of business at hand. And you let the national championship come. 
But when you start talking about national championship and you haven't been there in the last couple of years, I think what you're doing is you're adding fuel to the fire of other teams. Mm-hmm. Cause they're listening to that. It's like, Oh, you guys think you're going to the national championship. We'll see about that. We're going to make it tougher for you. Right. So I think you go into the season sometimes and you don't, you may even think that you're the best team. You, you don't have to tell everybody. You don't have to let people know. You know, you can basically say, oh, you know, hey, we're just taking it one game at a time. A lot of t- times what happens is you give team, you give other teams some added fuel. You never want to do that. Especially at the start of the season. Now Duke hears that. They're competitors. Yeah. You know, say what you want to. They're on scholarship. They're competitors. They're going to try to play you hard now. Oh, you're going to the national championship? We'll see about that. So I I think – I don't think it's great talk. I I don't really totally agree. But if you can back it up, back it up. But I don't think there's any reason to give another opponent feel and say, hey, you know, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. Just do it on the field. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting because Clemson in years past has not – they have not done this. And so if you go to Clemson and steal, the goal is – if you go to the Allen Reese Football Complex and you look for – our goal is to win the national championship anywhere in that facility. Me and Levon have both been in the facility, so we know this. You're not going to find that anywhere. You're not going to find it. Clemson's goals have always been this, win the opener. Yeah. That's the first goal. The second That's goal – it was what used to be win the division. Now I think it's advanced to the AC championship game because there is no divisions anymore. The third goal is to win the state championship. That's beat South Carolina. Mm-hmm. The fourth goal is to win the ACC championship. And the final goal is to win the closer. Now, the reason Dabo does it that way, because he's, his thing is this, if we do those other four, then the fifth will take care of itself. If you do it, exactly. you got a chance to play for a national championship at way. National championship will take care of itself. Exactly. So that's why it's not a goal at Clemson. So to hear now, Coach Sweeney was saying it to fire up his team. That's what he was doing. It was a motivation. It wasn't supposed to get out in the public. That stuff was supposed to stay behind the scenes. It wasn't for anybody to see. So Dabo still publicly, you're never going to hear Dabo Sweeney say the goal is to win the national championship. But the players have said it, and that's what makes it interesting is that they're they're saying it. And that's something that they haven't done in the past. Players have not said that's their goal of theirs. And it all started with Tyler Davis back at ACC Media Days, and it's sort of caught fire. And, um, you know, it's, it's been, you know, Barrett Carter's mentioned it. Uh, Rook Roro has mentioned it. Um, let's see. Uh, Jalen Phillips has mentioned it. But they're players. Yeah, you know. Players and, tend to do things like that. Yeah. They tend to – they tend to hype up other players on the team. They they tend to come from more of an emotional place than a strategy place. They're gonna, especially if you get them hot and heavy. You get them hot, they might say anything. <laughs> you know exactly. They may say anything to the to the media. They just may because you're a young guy. You're competitive. You feel like you that no one can beat you. 
That's the feeling. That's that's the confidence of a student athlete. So of course you think you're going to win the national championship. Of course you're going to say that. I just don't think it's necessary. But I'm a grown man. I've been grown for a long time. I'm in my 50s. So I have a little bit more perspective. Now, you would have called me back in 1989. I might have said, we're going to win the national championship this year. Yeah. That's what players do. <laughs> they do that. They hype up their teammates. Uh, they don't really have the perspective sometimes. Now, I would love for us to win a national championship. That will be awesome. That will be great. But you have to take it with a grain of salt when players are talking, especially in the preseason. You do. Hey, LeVon, sorry about that. No, no problem, Will. I was about to, hey, you know what, Will? I was about to carry this thing. <laughs> you keep going, I realized, I realized how important you are to this podcast. <laughs> I just kept my mouth shut. No, don't do that. Keep rolling <laughs> if you see me disappear like that. I had a little technical difficulty, but we're back. I apologize. Yeah. That's the thing about live. Things happen. You can't control it. That's but, the best thing about it. You can just roll with the punches. You know? <laughs> yeah, things happen. But, hey, uh, if you see that happen again and you go solo like oh, that. Did I keep, can do my thing? Keep rolling. Just keep rolling. And, and you'll know. I'll, I'll try to get back as quick as I can. I uh, apologize. Again, apologize for technical difficulties. Uh, but we're yeah. back and we're rolling. Um LaVon, one last question before we get out of here. Um, and it's um, interesting. First of all, somebody, Grant Lee, says, Lamar legend. That'd be you, LaVon, since I'm from Bamberg, and I'm no legend. <laughs> you, know, the cool, you know, the cool thing is I have two nephews. Well, I guess it would be my great nephews. They're my nieces yeah. and nephews' kids. And they're they're playing very well at Lamar High. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Always good to see the, the the other Kirklands coming down the line doing their thing, uh, man. And, yeah, but the thing is, my brother, my oldest brother, who passed away, that's their granddad. And, okay. people, and people amongst the family, like my brothers, would tell you that my brother Ernest was probably the better athlete and a better player of all the Kirklands. So... They get a lot of that gene from them. So, man, Zori and Zoom will be rooting for you this week playing against Dylan. You guys yeah. got a task. But, yeah, man, Lamar, man, we just keep we keep the tradition going. That's what you do, man. Hey, yeah. uh, my my Red Raiders, by the way, are number one in the, in the state. So, uh, got a big win over yeah. your boy Henry Guess's Edisto uh, yeah. Tigers. We beat them 42-6, to six, I believe, the other night. So, uh off to a good start. We beat now, I think, 20 years in a row. I call it the Battle of the Big Chick. That's what me and Henry – that's what I call it to Henry. Big Chick is in Bamberg. It's a great chicken okay. place. Me and Henry yeah. both love it. So uh, yeah. so I always call it the Battle of the Big Chick. And uh, so we we ended up with, Henry owes me Big Chick. That's kind of what I'm saying to Henry. And so oh, yeah. he needs to go that's to Orange Park. He needs to pay Big Chick. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I digress. Uh, before we get out of here, we got a few more minutes here. Um, we appreciate all you guys joining us again. Please – you know, download um, download us um, on iTunes, excuse me, your iPods, uh, Apple, whatever. I, 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 Apple Podcasts. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? True. Download us and like us and, and subscribe. We greatly appreciate that on YouTube as well. Also like us and subscribe um, at the Clemson Insider. We do appreciate you doing that. 
Uh, thank you all for, for giving us comments and all. And uh, we appreciate you guys more than you know. And uh, for all you guys that have commented on yes. YouTube and everything. Um, if you're listening to us on Twitter, we can't see Twitter. They don't bring those across. So I apologize ahead of time if we didn't get to any of your comments. But what I'll do, I'll try to go back and answer them as I go back through Twitter later on. Uh, so um, anyway, realignment, uh, LeVon, has been a big discussion this offseason. We saw what happened with the Pac-12 mm-hmm. now, the defunct Pac-12, if you will, um, as uh, those of Washington and Oregon went to the uh, – they joined Southern Cal and UCLA in the Big Ten. And then we mm-hmm. saw what happened with the other guys where Utah and, let me see, Arizona State and Arizona all went to the Big Ten. Uh, the big 12. So it's crazy how that conference is now just falling apart. Um, And so there was discussions that Stanford and Cal could possibly come to the ACC. Now that was shot down. It's not going to happen that nobody voted for it. Clemson was one of the teams that said, no, thank you. Uh, So did North Carolina. So did NC state. And so did Florida state. No surprise. Um, but August 15th came and went. Everybody was like, what is Florida State Clemson going to do? Are they going to go? You know, I can tell you this much. Just because August 15th has come and gone, all that means is Clemson and Florida State will have to play in the ACC next year because you got to let the conference know by right. August by August 15th if you're going to be available for the 2024 season. Okay, so Clemson and Florida State are going to play next year, okay, um, in the ACC. But that doesn't mean that they're not leaving. And so we don't know – if they are, when they will, or all these things that we've talked about before. But just understand, August 15th doesn't mean they're staying necessarily either. It just right. means they have to stay. For, they're guaranteed at least one more year in the ACC right now. Um, but there was a thing that came out late last week that, you know, the ACC presidents and stuff were getting together, and they were voting, and that the ACC was going to bring Stanford into the conference. Those are reports coming out of – coming out of uh, the West Coast, uh, out of Stanford. That was not even close to being true. I can tell you that. Trust me on this, Looking, uh, talking to my sources. uh, That wasn't even close to being true. Uh, There was no vote. Um, So so I can tell you that uh, that is not accurate. And as the week, as we got into this week, it's been obvious. That hasn't happened. Nobody's reporting it. Nobody's even coming close to reporting it. And I always understand people when you're at, when you're looking to what somebody says pay attention to two p- groups of people reporters okay to what something's true or not pay attention to the local beat writers such as myself who cover the beat every day and, and, and are working things and then pay attention to the national guys who are all who cover the national beat if those guys aren't reporting anything then it's probably not true always right. understand that and mm-hmm. so um that's how it works and, and trust me we're gonna know as fast as anybody if those things are true. And so um, anyway, but the question is, LeVon, is is realignment finally finished for right now? Can we finally just talk about football, LeVon? I, I think we really can. I, I think that it's too close to the season to really talk about that kind of distraction as far as, you know, what team is going where. Are you moving? I think if I'm a head coach, I want to talk about the, the next game. Or I want to talk about, my five-star player that's doing a great job. I don't want to talk about something that's really totally out of my control that I really don't really have a say-so about. Mm-hmm. So from a coach's perspective, 
Of course you don't want to talk about this. It should be over with. I mean, let's just regroup next year and see what we do. Let's go into the season, wherever you are, and play our game. So I think for now, the talk is kind of done in the public's eye. But I'm sure people are behind the scenes seeing what could be done. I think so, too. I think it's done. Thank goodness for right now. I think everything's going to focus and everybody because next week, week zero starts this coming Saturday. And right. so college football's here. And I think we're going to focus on the season now. And I think that's where everybody wants it to be, even though I say that. And then what happened last year at this time was UCLA and USC made the jump. So what do we know? <laughs> you know so it, it can always change. It, it, it's, it's such a fluid situation. It, it's never right. the same. Um, a gentleman on YouTube, a good crypto win. I like that name. Anyway, he is a Steelers fan and a Tiger fan. And he says, oh, are any of you guys going to Vegas for the Raiders Steelers game? He's looking for tickets. So, uh, but he's all having the issue because that's the same week as Clemson FSU. Uh, so, Hey, if there's anybody out there, answer his, see if you guys can help him out and help him find tickets. Um, as far as me and LeVon aren't going, well, I can't speak for LeBron. No, I'm I know not I'm, going to that game. No, I'm not. I'm not going because obviously I got to cover the Clemson Florida State game. So mm-hmm. I, that's why I'm not going. Uh, but uh, I do plan on going to the uh, New England game on December oh, the seventh, Thursday night right. game. Me and my buddy are going to go up there, Levon, to Pittsburgh to watch that Thursday night game. So um, that is going to happen. So Sam, get your tickets, dude. Uh, if you're watching this, so. <laughs> but I, I am going to, I am going to Mexico City. They're having a watch party there. If you know anything about Mexico City, they love the Steelers. Huge Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm talking about over the top Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Levon, me, Cardinal Leg. I think Cordell Stewart. I don't know who the fourth guy is, but we're going to be there, and we're going to probably have a great time. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I really enjoy Mexico City. I really do because they still know who I am. That's that's an amazing thing. <laughs> hey, we all know who you are. What are you talking about? Yeah, I, I know, but I'm just saying that they do. It's crazy. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to going to Mexico City, and I probably go to maybe a Pittsburgh Steelers game this year. Mm-hmm. I'm planning on going to a Clemson game as well. Especially, let me tell you, when you've been in timeout like I have, and this is <laughs> one of the reasons why I grew the beard when you when you had surgery that push you out for three months you want to do every <laughs> you want to do everything you don't want to be in the house you, you don't want only time you want to be in the house is to go to sleep <laughs> i don't I, i'm telling you i don't want to be in the house as much as i've been in the house so all of you guys who pray for me man thank you very much i really appreciate it so happy to be back on the show man it's going to be an awesome awesome year yeah, it is. And real fast, speaking of Mexico City, I knew about what you were saying about how much they love the Steelers there because when the I went to the Dallas-Pittsburgh game a few years back in Dallas, mm-hmm. and the Steelers fans took over the stadium. I mean, took right. over Dallas. State. And you know, I know one of the reasons why? Because I met several people that I talked to, and the lady that was sitting next to me at the game was from Mexico City. And yeah. they, they brought up a ton of people to the game, and it was unreal. Um, and and the Steelers, um, they didn't. We didn't win that one, but it was a great game, great atmosphere. And the best thing about it for the Dallas fan that came on here earlier 
we are walking out. Me and my buddies are walking out of the stadium. We're disappointed, just lost an overtime game. And this Dallas fan was sitting about 100 yards from me as I walked out the portal. And he looks at me and he says, man, that was the best road win we've had all year. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Hey, to to further upset the Cowboy fans, you guys call yourself America's team. You don't know the history about that. I know it. I know where you're going. So if you want to know the history about the America's team, tune in next week and I'll tell you the whole history about it. And you guys will be like, well, dang, I didn't know that. Listen to that. See, LaVon, three years ago, you wouldn't have known how to do a tease like that. But, boy, you just did a very good tease. That, my friend, is what we call a textbook tease. And good job, buddy. Good job. Hey, we appreciate everybody watching us first time. How about that, LaVon? Um, watching us. We do appreciate it. Everybody who listened to us, we always appreciate you guys. You've been with us for several years. Please keep listening to us. You can find us on uh, Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, uh, anywhere where you get your podcasts, you can find us and listen to us there. You can also see us on YouTube. If you're watching this, please hit the like button and subscribe. We do appreciate it. Um, Also, let us know on Twitter as well. We appreciate you doing those. And so, for LaVon Kirkland, I'm Will Vandervoort. Until next time, we'll talk to you ne- later, excuse me, on Believing Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.